My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. An Erio's original. Hello and welcome to Web Crawlers. This is one of our mini episodes, which is a shorter version of our main episode, obviously, hence the word mini. Uh, here we will talk about all things weird, unusual news stories, read some listener emails, and play your voicemails. Uh, today's episode is actually about the Australian Tinder killer. Yeah. Exciting. I'm excited too, which was about uh, from an email last week. Uh, and we got really uh, into it. So we're going to elaborate on that today. First, let's do our voicemails. Uh, Melissa, do we have any? Yes, we do. Great. <laughs> hey, guys, it's your old friend, Matt from Chicago. I just caught up with uh, the Web Crawlers episode with Paul Tompkins great app uh and i love the stuff with craig at the end about chicago uh spooky stuff i'm a chicago guy chicago has tons of uh spooky stuff all over the area um the iroquois theater fire oh man you guys need to do an episode on that it's very very strange so over 600 people died and the thing about Iroquois, the Iroquois uh, theater is that it was kind of like the Titanic, except the theaters. Like, it was this grand, huge, beautiful thing. And it was supposed to be, like, the safest, most fire-protected um, theater, like, ever. And uh, <laughs> it wasn't. A bunch of people died. And one of the weird things that um, a lot of people talk about is that they actually were able to get a lot of the exit doors open eventually, but because the exit doors had these weird, like, fancy locks on them, these bascule locks, 
these like neo-Victorian style, like big class that were really difficult. First of all, they were locked during <laughs> all the doors were locked during performances, which is weird. But anyway, um, yeah, they were really complicated and like not even the ushers like knew how to get them open. So like Shit. eventually, like one of the exit doors got opened by this uh, former Chicago baseball player who knew how to operate that locks because his uh, his like ice box at home had the same setup. But anyway, they were able to get the friggin' doors open, but so many people were packed into the like exit alcove that they just it, there was just a mad crush. A lot of people uh, died of asphyxiation and stuff like that because they were there were huge uh, rushes at the doors, not even because of the fire. Um, so really fucked up, uh, <laughs> to say the least. That that theater is not there anymore, but that alleyway that was used as like a makeshift like field morgue where they like stack the corpses uh, is super haunted, and it's in downtown Chicago. Oh. Anyways, thanks. Love the episode. Uh, love the show. That Sarah Lawrence episode is really, really good. So um, keep up the good work, y'all. Bye. Wow. wow. Nice. Cool. People wow. love Craig. They cannot get enough <laughs> People of do love Craig. Especially <laughs> Chicagoans. Chicagoans love Craig. He's they the love voice Craig. of the city. He is the voice of the city. <laughs> Mayor okay. of Chicago. Let's do <laughs> this one. Hey, this here's message for the web crawlers. I just got done listening to your episode about the urban legends and whatnot and y'all were talking about the Ku Klux Klan sending that business selling that business to Osama Bin Laden <laughs> well I'll tell you what my my cousin was on the board of directors when that deal went down <laughs> no it wasn't so no it wasn't true start. no it's not Fruit. <laughs> no, it's not. Anyway, anyway, I'm gonna go walk my dog. <laughs> She's a half lab, half hound. She's only nine months old. She's uh... Anyway, you ladies keep up the good work, and I'll see. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Is that a prank call from Craig? No. No, no, this guy's cousin was on the board of directors of Snapple when yeah, that's they sold scary. it to Osama Bin Laden. When they sold it, <laughs> wow! So you heard it here first. The uh, Snapple is owned by Osama Bin Laden. Um, <laughs> oh, wow! Boy. A little piece of history. Uh, any other voicemails from Suzanne? Oh, Suzanne! Hi, this message is for the web crawlers and you too, Amanda, because I love the big ones. Suzanne here. I just want to say I'm a huge fan of you ladies. You guys are hysterical. And I'm calling because I'm sitting here on Friday afternoon and I've been <laughs> trolling Disney Plus because I got it free from Verizon. I made myself a cocktail. And I came across the movie, and I'm not sure if you guys are, including women, as part of the hot as hell. But I just wanted to put my two cents in that um, I was watching this movie, Jack. And I'm realizing now that Diane Lane Robin is Willi- hot as Robin hell. Williams. Diane Lane, hot as hell. She's yeah, Diane Lane is hot. Movies. She's amazing. I just wanted to throw that in there. Hopefully women are included as well. <laughs> you guys are Why was she hell. watching Jack? And, uh, yeah, I love you guys. And I appreciate all the content every day. 
That's such a funny movie to pick of all the movies on Disney Plus. Like you That's see, that's the like, first just, one. You're like, oh, I have a Disney Plus subscription. I'm gonna like, even just go to the poster and like imagine scrolling and being like, "That's the one. That's the one I'm gonna watch." That's Jack amazing. is the one where he's it's Robin Williams, yeah. but he's he's actually a little boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then he gets but then he gets old real quick because oh, he has it's a like the first Benjamin it. Buttons. Because of an unusual disorder that has aged him four times faster than a typical human being, a boy looks like a 40-year-old man as he starts fifth grade at public school after being homeschooled. But this, if I remember this correctly, this movie was very, like, intense. Wait, do you know? Do you see who it's directed by? Yes, it's Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola? Yes. What? That's funny. That's really funny that she's watching Jack. Like the godfather francis ford coppola <laughs> yeah <laughs> you should wow. see these Apocalypse publicity now. photos look at these publicity photos hold on i'm gonna send this to you this is so funny like them doing this photo shoot we should do a movie we should do an episode just on jack it's i saw it like a long time ago look at the look at what i just sent you oh is bill cosby in it Mm, no. Ooh, is he? Oh my god, yeah. he, he plays Lawrence Woodruff. Oof. Jennifer L- Lopez is in it? Really? Oh maybe Fran maybe. Drescher? All-star. I do the right movie. I don't I feel like they're not in it. Diane Lane's so pretty. She is. She's really, really pretty. She's hot as hell. Yeah, Jennifer Lopez Lopez plays the <laughs> teacher. Wow, Miss Marquez. Well, ninety six was a weird year. It really, really was. Wow. Well, who knew? Who knew? Um, so we also have some emails. Melissa, who are the emails from? We have an email from Anna. Subject is smiley faces in steamy mirror. Oh, my God. No, thank you. I already hate it. Missing <laughs> time plant and grilled cheese? Question mark. Oh, my God. It says, hi, ladies of web crawlers. I wanted to send a story of a weird happening at my house. I got in the shower first. Then my partner joined me. The water was hot, so it was super steamy in my bathroom. Ooh, hot. (laughs) I get out before him, and when I was drying off, I noticed something in the mirror. I said, oh, babe, that smiley face is cute. And he said, what smiley face? And looked in the mirror, just as creeped out as I was. To make matters worse, he left for five days of vacation, leaving me alone in the house. At least it seems like a friendly presence. I'm sorry, there's a ghost in your bathroom. (laughs) <laughs> that's so scary i also got to thinking of the glitches in the universe you're talking about in the same house as the smiley face incident we've had two weird glitches we bought a time plan and put it on our kitchen counter both of us a had what? a time the a the, what? the the earth oh t-h-y-m-e t-h-y-m-e oh. thyme a thyme plant <laughs> and put it in our kitchen counter both of us had work the next day and didn't move it when we got home the plant was gone we never found it ever again. The same thing happened with a grilled cheese. We left what? the room to do something, and when we got back, it was gone. I don't know, man. I think someone's living in their attic, to be honest. I if know. they have an attic or basement, they need to like check it out. Yeah, I don't know, man. This house is weird, but we love it. Love the podcast, and thanks for putting out episodes, Anna. That's bananas you have someone living in your attic i'm so yeah, sorry sorry to break it to you someone's living in your home um and then we have one more email from Lacey garrison Allie, melissa and maria ladies 
I love the show. I was hooked after I listened to the episode about the Denver airport. I am writing you to bring to your attention to a subject I think you may enjoy. You've covered ghosts, witches, and vampires, but how have you missed the Huldafolk? Huldafolk, aka elves, are powerful nature spirits that dominate Iceland. Icelanders must consult with the elves before building roads, dams, or houses, or suffer the wraith of elves. In the 1970s, 70,000 trout died when the elves exacted the revenge for a construction project the elves did not authorize. Wow, they're like city council. Yeah, elves are the OG NIMBYs. 62% of the people in Iceland believe elves exist or might exist. (laughs) Oh my god. There's an Icelandic school where one can learn to spot elves. I found out about the school when I randomly watched Suze or Orman tell a woman she could not afford to spend $4,000 to attend elf school. Oh, no. <laughs> How sad. There's a link. We in have to find that clip. That's so funny. They sent it was the, me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They put the link in the email. Um, elves are known to abduct human adults. I watched a documentary years ago that I cannot find. So you know it's true. A local musician in the documentary was sitting in a pub and he told the story about how they he disappeared for years. He returned one day believing he had only been gone for one night. He said he had been taken to the court of an elven kingdom to play violin. He seemed very what? shaken when he told the story. This is crazy. Elves are also known for stealing human children and replacing them with changelings. Elves may have been blamed to just cover up actual cases of human child abuse. What? Mm. The old elf excuse. Yeah, the old elf. It was the elves. There's Mm. also a famous hoax involving photographs of fairies from the 1910s. Yeah, we talked about that. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who created Sherlock Holmes, was obsessed with the photos. Uh, There's a genetic condition called Williams Syndrome that may be the historical basis of elves. People with Williams Syndrome are described as charming, outgoing, happy, musically talented, and magical. Oh my god, I have that. You have Williams syndrome. Weird. I'm Googling it. Anyways, let's get into it. Love the podcast, Allie, Melissa, and Maria. You were getting me through a pandemic. Thank you for the laughs, Lacey. That's nice. Williams syndrome is a rare neurodevelopmental genetic disorder that features mild... Oh. There's a link to time on here. It's how a real genetic disorder could have inspired fairy tales. Yes, because it, it's appearance. It has nothing to do with being charming. Williams syndrome is a rare neurodevelopmental genetic disorder that features mild learning or developmental challenges, a high level of calcium in the blood and urine, and a outgoing personality. People with Williams syndrome often have an elfin appearance with low nasal bridge. Oh, yes, I've heard of this. Yeah. They have upturned noses, high cheekbones, wide smiles, and pointed chins. So they look like uh, what elves? Yeah, they look, look like. elfin. Elfin, mm. yes. Yeah. Okay, so today's episode is the Australian uh, Tinder killer. On July 29, 2014, Mariana Wright, a 26-year-old from Wellington, New Zealand, flew to Australia for a friend's wedding. Three days later, after swiping through Tinder, she got a match. It was 28-year-old Gold Coast carpet layer. What? 
carpet layer carpet layer Ga- sounds like a it sounds horny right yeah but or like actually, an olympic thing he's like works in carpet if you say i thought gold coast carpet layer sounded <laughs> either horny or like an olympic sport like like gable toasty his first message to her was you look delicious and want to do dirty things to you Ew. mariana was attracted to him but she had no idea that she slept with more than a hundred that he slept with more than 180 women in the past four for years, Whoa. keeping a list of names and dates of each encounter. Ew. She yeah. doesn't know that he is also obsessed with recording his nights out and that his personality problems are so severe that a psychiatrist once described him as partially disabled. I mean, that's a, that's not like a personality diagnosis. Yeah, I don't know. This was written in a uh, news article about this. Oh, interesting. Um, They met in Cavill Mall at 8.45 p.m. Nearly six hours later at 2.21 a.m., Wariana falls 14 stories to her death. Gable's background. Gable graduated from a private school in 2003. He was busted for making fake IDs. He made $30,000 off of them. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I guess if you charge... I'm trying to think of how much I paid for my first fake ID. I paid like, a, I think I paid $100 for mine. Yeah, I think I paid 100 bucks. Yeah. Well, how much did you pay for yours, Maria? I didn't have one. You didn't have one? Oh my one. God. Wow, no. what a square. Um, <laughs> he goes to court, but he's given a slap on the wrist. White privilege, anyone? Yeah, I know, right? In 2009, he started seeing a psychiatrist for social anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, and depression. His psychiatrist, Ian Curtis, diagnosed him as ill-equipped to deal with people socially. With an autism spectrum disorder best described as Asperger's, which can manifest as difficulty with empathy and severe obsessive compulsive disorder. He also found Gable was hugely disadvantaged in the normal social world, a socially distant, emotionally estranged person with whom it was impossible to establish a clear cut rapport. Um, That's all quoted from his psychiatrist. He joined the forum bodybuilding.com. Sick. He starts <laughs> off by asking about fat burning supplements and exercise, etc., but eventually posts stuff about wanting to make friends and how to pick up girls. Gross. A few days later, he reports that he's been out with a friend and they'd picked up some girls but didn't have sex. A week later, with another woman, he tries a more aggressive approach to close the deal. And one night, he posted, ended up rooting her in the back of my car. Assuming Does that rooting. mean having sex? Yeah gross by june 2012 he slept with his 100th girl but several gold 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 coast nightclubs had banned him with one manager describing him as creepy yeah no shit yeah that's not a good sign in april 2013 he discovered he discovered tinder he wrote on the bodybuilding forum i mean like this seems like the wrong venue sick of the this is like me going to like a vegan.org like cooking website and being like yo how are you guys doing it like sucking dick well bodybuilding.com is is like it's kind of like a a reddit in a way like it started off as like but it's like a place for bros to go like talk about being bros yeah got it it's like a pickup artist for yes yes it's like roids girls and roids yeah girls and roids um uh, sick of the totally frigid time money wasting bitches. This is what he wrote. Every girl has Tinder now and none of them are DTF anymore. When police seize Toasty's phone after Wright's death, they find Tinder interactions in more than 250 women in a year. 
That's that means he's just like swiping left on everyone. Yeah. I mean, swiping right on everyone. Yeah. Um, he has motion detection cameras in his house, and he often leaves his cell phone on recording everything in case he drinks too much and forgets what happens. Gross. Yeah, that's a weird thing that he does. Yeah. and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So he finally meets Warriana. They met at a mall. They go to a store to buy some beer, and then they go back to Gable's apartment. At some point in the next four hours, they have sex. They take selfies, and Warriana posts them on Facebook. And at 12.56 a.m., Gable hits record on his phone. The recording is titled Session 24, and it lasts for three hours and 19 minutes. Like, he recorded his nights out all the time. This is what he did. And he just put his phone in his pocket. And when the tape begins, they're drinking vodka or moonshine or whatever made from a still in his kitchen. Like he made this alcohol. Around five minutes in, Warriana, who's normally a beer drinker, declares that she's psycho drunk. Yet Gable pours her a drink at least three more times. And later tests revealed that she had an alcohol level of 0.156, which is three times Oish. the legal limit. And this this audio is online. The full That's three hours horrible. is online. So at 1.35 a.m. Actually, I think that's disrespectful to Wariana. I think they should delete that. But I mean, it's also yeah. too. Yeah. At 1.35 a.m., Wariana, clearly drunk, wants to leave and accuses Gable of taking her phone. Oof. And at 2.10 a.m., there's a struggle. And Wariana says, that really hurt my vagina. Gable laughs. Then she starts Ugh. playing with small ornamental stones. Gable oh, says, ow which the prosecution says is most likely because she's throwing them at him. Like there's pictures oh, of his God. apartment. There's this like tray of these weird stones. It's like all scattered at two twelve AM. She calls him Sam Winchester. 
He's like an actor or like a character on a TV show that she said he looks like. Weird. And Gable promises to do what she wants. He says, sexually, I'll be your slave. A struggle ensues and Gable says, all right, that's enough. And you can hear whimpers of protest from Warriana. He says, you have worn out your welcome. You are not my kind of girl. So then Gable's tone switches from patient to menacing and totally in control. He says, you have to leave. And then Warriana says, okay, but she's like gasping to breathe. And then he says, it's all good. Hey, it's all good. And there's something obstructing her voice. So it sounds like there's like a a pillow on her face or like something. Maybe his hand is over her mouth or something. The prosecution says she's probably being pressed down with her face towards the carpet and Gable restraining her. Yeah, like something's. So Gable calls her fucking insane and then says, you're lucky I haven't chucked you off my balcony, you goddamn little psycho bitch. And you can hear Warriana panting. Then Gable taunts her saying, what, what, got something to say? And then with something obstructing her voice, Warriana... Well, it sounds like she's probably gagged. Yeah, Warriana says, you're a sexist. And Gable says, I'm the one who's injured. You don't have a goddamn scratch on you. Oh, God. Then in a sober voice, he says, you're not going to collect any belongings or anything. You're just going to walk out and I'm going to slam the door on you. You understand if you tried to pull anything, I'll knock you the fuck out. There's another struggle, and Warriana, scared, apologizes. There's gurgling, rasping sound. Prosecutors allege Gable was choking Warriana here, and she manages to reach for the metal clamp of a telescope. He tells her repeatedly to let go. She's struggling to breathe, gasping. The clamp thuds to the floor. At 2.19 a.m., there are sounds that police think could be the balcony door unlocking. Just after this, Warriana starts to scream, no. She screams the word 31 times in 46 seconds. She is screaming like her life depends on it, pleading with Gable to stop whatever he is doing. And amid her screams, you can hear him say, shut your fucking mouth. This is all on a recording, you know. She's yelling, let me go home over and over again. And he said, I would, but you've been a bad girl. Sound, And then there's a sound of the balcony door shutting. Gable breathes heavy and there's a faint scream. Um, The neighbors underneath him hear the commotion and come out to their balcony and look up to see Wariana standing on a concrete ledge on the wrong side of the glass of Gable's balcony. The neighbor remembers hearing Wariana saying she wants to go home. The neighbor says he tells her something like, you can't get down this way, go back in. He says Wariana briefly tries to twist around and lower a leg down off the concrete ledge. Then she returns to a standing position shortly after she seems to stiffen, then slip. So I looked at pictures of this balcony and it's there's like glass. But then like on the other side of the glass, there's like a concrete ledge that like you could potentially stand on. You wouldn't want to. But I think that's what they mean when she was standing on the ledge. She's probably trying to get away from him. Yeah. So 25 seconds after shutting the balcony door at 221 a.m., Gable's phone records a faint scream as Warriana falls to her death. Gable is breathing deeply, but does not check on her or call the police. Instead, 38 seconds after her fall, he tries without success to reach his lawyer. So he immediately calls his lawyer and then he leaves his apartment. How does he have a lawyer? Like, why does he have a lawyer? Because he's like he's like a rich kid, his family lawyer. He leaves his apartment. He evades the police by using a fire escape and walks around for 43 minutes. Like he sees the police lights coming because like the neighbors called the police and he goes down a fire escape. 
to avoid them. Oh, God. And then he ended up calling Warriana's phone twice. Weird. I don't know if he's trying to, like, make him seem innocent or, like, I don't know what happened to her. And then he discovers that her phone is in his pocket. He had her phone. Oh, God. And at 3.10 a.m., he orders and eats a slice of pizza on Cavill Avenue. And he can Psychopath? Yeah, he can see the police lights from his apartment building. And then seven days later, the police wake him at 10.40 a.m. at his parents' home in a gated Gold Coast community. And then they arrest him for the murder of Oriana Wright. So at the trial, there's a jury of six women and six men. They deliberate for four days and they acquit him of murder. I don't get it. So legal experts said a murder charge would always have been difficult to prove because the recording clearly shows Warriana was on one side of the balcony door and Gable's on the other. So the prosecutor argued that Gable's threats and intimidation provoked Warriana's actions, resulting in her death as much as Mm. if he had pushed her. Like they said, she was trying to get away from him, even though he didn't physically push her, like this resulted in her dying. Yeah. So a forensic pathologist found no internal damage, suggesting choking or strangulation, though she says there is an arm hold across the neck used by police that leaves no internal marks. So he could have totally been choking her. So the Justice Byrne later tells the jury that they can only find Gable guilty of murder if satisfied beyond reasonable doubt he had choked her. Oh, God. Which is weird. Yeah. So then he's acquitted. 60 Minutes pays him 250000 to do an interview. Yeah. Like, don't pay guilty it's people crazy. to do interviews. Like, they shouldn't profit off their crimes. Um, he looks and sounds so guilty. Yeah, this interview is crazy. He's like, and I know, like, the psychiatrist said he's on the spectrum. Yeah. So that might be why he's a little awkward. But he comes off as so guilty. It's crazy. Really? It is crazy. So, so why didn't you go out on the balcony to check to see if she was okay? Instinctively, I knew that if I ran out there and somebody saw me looking over the edge, it would look like, you know, it, it, it would not look good. It would look like I, I had forced her over or something. So you were worried about what it would look like for you? Of course I was worried about her. Absolutely terrified at what had just happened to her, but... You just told me that you were a kind and caring guy yeah absolutely and, and you, I was, you couldn't have even, you couldn't even be bothered to go out on the balcony and look over the side and see what had happened to her well whatever had happened out there had happened and looking over the edge you know that it doesn't help anybody there's no purpose to it you kidding well no i mean there's no purpose to looking over the edge what to see if she's alive to see if she's no, okay. no because that, that that's just you know uh, knee-jerk curiosity and you were so deeply concerned Gable that from her death scream to the next event which was you calling your lawyer was 35 seconds Warriana's father wanted them to charge him with the right thing false imprisonment resulting in death um, Warriana Wright she was all about dignity equality fairness what's right She was a technology literate, like, nerd who took photographs and drew. She liked Hello Kitty, eBay bargains, last-minute road trips, and conspiracy theories. Like, 
I feel like she's the same person as me. Yeah, she she was cool. hard with strong opinions, never retreating in an argument, but also soft. She had this motherly wants to help you thing, said her friend, even if she didn't know someone very well. And she looked after her sister and her mom so much sucks. Um, then the psychopath uh, rejoins Tinder. October 29th, he rejoins Tinder as Eric Thomas and screenshots are shared with a warning. So people are sharing screenshots of him. Yes. In a February post last year, he wrote the best. Oh, my God. The best cure for feminism is a good root, meaning like sex. Yeah. Uh, Like a good fucking accompanied by a photo of a raised middle finger. He also referred to his murder acquittal in an online post saying the only thing I murder is pussy. <gasps> yeah, true. Yeah. Um, New Year's Eve, his Tinder date called the police to remove him from her home because she felt uncomfortable. He was apparently wasted in talking about his acquittal and he wouldn't leave her house. Yeah. He currently lives with his parents. Yeah, like apparently this girl, this this past New Year's Eve, this girl like called the police because she, I guess she didn't know who he was at first and then he started talking about this acquittal. Probably in oh like God. a way that's like, whatever, I got acquitted and like was probably drunk and like belligerent, Ugh. like talking about it. And she was like, uh, you need to leave. And he wouldn't leave. Imagine like your guys over at your house, like on a first date. And then he's like, oh, my God, I got off jail. I got off jail for like killing a girl once. Like, yeah, I- I'd be like, oh, my God, get out of my house. I'm so scared. <laughs> That'd be but, like, horrible. But the audio, I listened to it and there is an argument that they did charge him with murder and her dad was like they should have charged him with false imprisonment leading to death which i think should have been the correct thing they should have charged him with but i guess like the australian courts are like they were getting criticized for not charging him with a higher crime so it was all it all sucked i think he should for sure be guilty of false imprisonment resulting in death because that's what happened she was afraid of him she was trying right. to get away from him. She went out on the balcony and because like, why didn't she go out the front door? You know, he wasn't letting totally. her leave. Um, I wonder if they could charge him again or if that would be double jeopardy. I think, yeah, I don't think you can. Because like, it's weird that he keeps mentioning the balcony in this audio. He keeps talking about the balcony. Well, they could if they got new evidence. If they got new evidence, that's not double jeopardy. It's just if he's. Isn't it that he can't be convicted of murdering her? Yeah, I don't know. I only know about Double Jeopardy from that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Right. She wouldn't have gone, like, he opened the balcony door, like, for her. And I believe he probably, like, shoved her out there and, like, locked her out there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, also, this guy's clearly a, this guy's clearly a bad dude. Like, also, like what we learned in our last email, if you don't know about it, watch our last ep- listen to our last episode, is that like he had a history of like roofing girls in clubs and like bringing them back to his place. Um, if you have any, I mean, hopefully you don't, but if you guys have any scary Tinder stories or like online dating stories, please let us know because it's a scary world out there. Um, mm-hmm. Melissa. Melissa. Where could people reach us? <laughs> they can email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at webcrawlerspod. We're on Facebook and then we got a Reddit group too. Cool, dude. 
Um, and don't forget to donate to our Patreon, patreon.com slash web, web crawlers. Um, and like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to give us a review. Uh, I am Allie Siegel. I'm Melissa Stettin. And I'm producer Maria. Bye. An Elio's original. Powered by ACAST. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.